This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. In the studio with us is Eric Krug, he's the founder of Modern Breed, uh, which is all about modernizing teams and leaders through world-class learning experiences. He's an international speaker and executive coach. He's an author, and he's been trusted as a thought leader and thinking partner for some of the biggest business brands. Uh, Eric, welcome to breakfast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so, so welcome. You've been busy uh, getting around all over South Africa's radio and TV. Uh, is it exhausting uh, being, yeah. uh, exhausting being a, a, an author and having to well, talk about your book? <laughs> You know, I think um, <laughs> what I've recently realized is that you have to do the work after the work yeah. uh, to honor the work that came before the work, right? So like, <laughs> I love that. True <laughs> that. <laughs> so before we, before we move on to your book, Dangerous, which is obviously the reason why you're here, and we've got two books to give away, listeners, so uh, keep your phone at hand and uh, that WhatsApp line number 081-7291-657. I- I'm really intrigued by this idea of being a thought leader. Mm. Like, What kind of journey have you been on through your life that brings you to a place where some of the biggest brands in South Africa and in the world say, we really need to get our top executives together. It's time we start to figure out where the world is moving to, where's Eric's number, call Eric. Like, mm, how did you get mm. to this place? I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, you know, I think thought leader in a way has kind of lost its meaning, to be honest, because it's almost like everyone's a thought leader these days yeah. because everyone has their own little um, place on the web from which they can pronounce and, and announce everything that they think is important and their thoughts and ideas. Yeah. But I think since 2015, I've just always been very interested in sharing my ideas online. And the great thing about that is that you don't need permission to do that. So you get to reach a wide audience and establish yourself as an authority or someone who adds value in their lives. And so I think it's just a sort of a very natural progression from there. So it's more the people that you're speaking to that decide we like where you're taking these ideas. We can implement them in our business and our business moves forward mm. if we do that. Yeah. And the consistency of showing up every single day. So. Yeah. You know, I, I started off as a physio. I realized I didn't want to be a physio. Then I started uh, thinking, well, how do I build an online business? And what that culminated in was this uh, community called Better Man. Yes. And Better Man grew to like 18,000 men. Incredible. And a big part of how I did that was that I sent out a daily email. And so when you're doing that and you like, I think over the course of three years, I sent out 800 emails plus, you yeah. know. Like once you do that consistently, people start looking to you and like they, they're kind of waiting for you to share your view on the world and mm. your insights and your and then i think from there just like okay well um we know that we we like know and trust him and so we want to hear more about his views on team building or leadership or yeah, yeah. and you're growing and you notice people are resonating with the things that you're saying and it's actually they're implementing some of them seeing changes in their business and now suddenly your name is on the top of their minds yeah so the the sign off for the email was always act on verba actions not words yes so it's always been about how quickly can we move people from knowing what to do to actually doing it. Um, we were talking earlier on when the program started, Almarie had brought this concept of an elephant that's uh, chained to a stake. Mm. You know, and it's more than powerful enough to loosen itself from the stake or break the chains. And she had no idea about the book Dangerous and that we were going to talk about it in the way that we we're going to talk about it this morning. And I just reminded her, I said, hang on a moment, you're sharing this concept. This sounds to me pretty much like dangerous because that's where we're sitting, completely harmless and useless. Mm. And we're not being a threat to our threats and we're certainly not being dangerous. So mm. uh, before we get to that, could you help us with dangerous? Because in South African context, being dangerous, everyone's saying, oh, here comes somebody with a stick. But yeah. help us to understand mm. the dangerous <laughs> side of it. Well, I think I need to take you back to where it kind of originated there. Okay. So um, I was uh, doing a lot of executive coaching, one-on-one coaching about three years ago. 
And I was with this client who everything in his life was actually going pretty well. He was mm. doing really well. He's a CEO of a company that has about 600 employees. Oh. Um, at a surface level, you'd look at him and you go, very, very successful. But then when we were speaking, it was like this interesting phenomenon where actually he was in survival mode. Actually, mentally, he was being anxious. He was being uh, frustrated, fearful. He wasn't growing. He wasn't taking a risk. Mm. And so it's interesting because you look on the outside, everything's going well. There's forward momentum. Yeah. But inward, um, it, like he was lacking, you know. Mm. And so we spoke about him being in survival mode. And I went away and I thought about it and realized that that's the end point that you get to, right? Like you get to survival mode. But what leads you there? What's, yes. the, what's the cause for that? And then one day while I was reflecting, it just hit me that when I was looking at him, he was harmless. Like, it's just like, where were the things that made you formidable, that got you to where you are? Like, where mm. was your, your bite, your edge? Like, where is awesome. it, you know? And I spoke to him on the, the session. I said to him, and it's not an easy thing to say to someone, you know, like, you are harmless. Uh, no one wants to hear that. So I said to him, listen, you're harmless. Um, it's tough to hear, but that's reality. Yes. And we spoke about it for a while. He was like, yes, this exactly describes where I'm at in my life. And then right towards the end of the session, I said to him, well, if you're not going to be harmless, then what will you be? Mm. And he said, dangerous. And the moment he said that, I was like, yes, like, of course. Like, of course you want to be a little dangerous. Like, you don't want to be stuck in survival mode. Yeah. And since then, I've been on this mission to understand what does it mean to be dangerous. And the best way I can think about it or describe it to you is that when we see Chess and Colby run onto the, onto the rugby field, yeah. right? Um, we say he's dangerous. And we don't mean that he's going to pull out a spanner from his sock and like, hit someone. <laughs> we mean that he has a very specific way of looking at the game, mm. experience, skill, uh, regulating his emotion um, that makes him very formidable in that domain. Like he is dangerous in that domain. Mm. And that's kind of what we're aspiring to when I say, I want you to be dangerous. Yeah, I love that. It brings us back to that elephant situation. But you've got, a, you've got a lot of quotable quotes in yeah. this book. But one that stood out to me, and I jotted it down so I don't forget it. You said, when you fail to do what's needed, that which you are capable of, you become merely a spectator in your own life. You're not a player. You're not of consequence. You're simply not dangerous. But so many of us live in this place of existence. Mm. We feel we're actually carrying on. I go to work every day. I'm getting my paycheck. But what difference are you really making where you're placed? Whether you're a business person or whether you're a mom at home, how are you really being a threat to the threats that you face? Yeah, and so that last bit, that's sort of the, the crux of where the book ended up. I remember my very first talk that I did for a big corporate after I had this idea of like, oh, cool, like people need to be dangerous. I went on stage and um, I remember coming off and I felt like, wow, like you've just become uh, the cliche example of a motivational speaker, <laughs> yeah. which is not something I've ever aspired to be. And so after that, I went on this mission to say, well, how do I take this and, and build it into something that has more philosophy behind it and more of a practical aspect to it? Mm. And where it ended up then was, well, we want to be able to tightly define what it means to be dangerous. And to tightly define it then means, well, what is the pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting that empowers you to overcome the threats that you face every single day? Mm. And we have to realize that those threats are very real. Um, and that those threats exist in every aspect of life, in, yeah. in our business lives, in our personal lives, in your relationships, in your health, in your faith. Like, mm. it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And the question is, like, it's not pessimistic to say that, it's just reality. Once you've accepted that these threats exist, the question is, what, what will you do about it? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, where people kind of get stuck, is that we don't even look at our threats. You know, mm. we don't want to, because sometimes they're a bit overwhelming, uh, sometimes we've already lost to them, so we have like a bit of a scarring that happened. Yeah. But that's the only way that we get to really move forward is that you 
face those threats head on and you recalibrate how you think, feel and act so you can do something about it? Uh, things like our general health. We wait until a doctor looks at you and holds a report in front and says, look at these stats. Mm. You, you're not going to be around in a year if you don't change the way you're living. Yet leading up to that point, you know I'm not eating well, I'm not moving, I'm drinking too much, or whatever the reasons are, I haven't quit smoking. I know I'm a ticking time bomb, yet mm. we do nothing about it. We wait until someone says, you might not make next week before we act. Yeah. Why do we do that? I'm glad you bring up that example because um, in the book I have a, a section dedicated to different threats because we need to, to understand that some threats are internal, some are external, some are big, some are small. Mm. And uh, being able to have characteristics for threats help us to identify them a bit better. And one of the threats that I speak about in the book is called threats of accretion yeah. to what you were just saying now, which is that we look at these small threats. So like you wake up one morning, you have a bit of a pang in your chest, right? And you go, ah, like I'll get to that. Mm. Um, instead of figuring out like what is happening here and how can I be a threat to the threat immediately. Yeah. And accretion is this beautiful word that means um, things that accumulate over time. And so a threat of accretion is that the small threat starts out as a small threat, but over time it becomes the big threat. I see. And you could have done something about it yeah. while it was still small and easy to negotiate or manage. And now it's this big threat and you're going to have to take drastic action in order to overcome it. Um, but I think it's exactly just because of that, because we think it's so small, it's of no consequence in the moment. Yes. Uh, but in the book, I actually, I'm quite adamant that, you know, even your smallest of threats, you mm. need to like obliterate and dominate as soon as yes. possible. Otherwise, they're just going to blow up. And that's in every yeah. area, whether it's business or health or relationships or life. You don't want to look yeah. back and say, oh, if only I'd spent more time with my kids instead of just dishing out money. Mm. If only I'd been there for my wife, like I said I would be. And you look back five years later and say, I could have done something, but I didn't. And often mm. it's just too late. We're just not dangerous. Just um, this book is very uh, quick to read. Quick uh, in in a way you can you can sit down over a weekend and yeah. you can you can read it and you can make your notes and you can underline it and you can really grow from that. I like that. It's not something I have to spend two weeks reading and then it's so over my head. I'm lost and I don't do anything in the book and what a waste that I even mm. read it in the first place. So thanks for giving us a book that's usable. It's like well, a textbook. Yeah, it was intentionally written that way. Mm. Um, I've always been very inspired by Seth Godin's writing. Yes. Uh, did you ever read The Dip? Oh, no, I've not read that. So it's a very good book to go and read. Yeah. And I literally like went and measured his book to see like the size. <laughs> I looked at the amount of pages because I love the reading experience of that book. Mm. Um, I could pick it up and I finished it in one sitting and it was done. Yeah. And that was the same when I wrote Dangerous. I was like, I just want to get to the crux of the idea as quickly as possible and get people to move and become dangerous. Yeah. So the book essentially has sort of two sections. A call to danger, which is why I think this idea is important. We're not saying be dangerous for the sake of it. We're saying be dangerous because on the other side of overcoming your threats are the things that you care about, the reward, saving mm -hmm. the village, etc. And it's also important for those around you. You get to protect them, you know? Yes. And then the next part is in, well, uh, how to be dangerous. How, how do you do that? How do you change this pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting? If someone's listening now and they're saying, oh, I'm a mom at home or I'm a grandmother or I'm, I, I'm a business person, but I'm not quite at this echelon where I'm assuming one needs to be before you can start implementing the kind of things that a thought leader or a leadership expert mm. like Eric is talking about. This book couldn't possibly be for me. And I'd say, no, absolutely, it's for you. Yeah. The book really, I think, speaks to two different camps, right? Like we have the guys who are going from minus one to zero and from zero to one. So from survival mm. mode to okay and from okay to formidable and dangerous. And I think many of us have, have found ourselves in survival mode over the past two years. And it doesn't matter where you come from, whether you're uh, a nurse or a teacher or a business person or an entrepreneur starting out or a CEO of a big company. We've all experienced that. And I think um, if you're not there and you're in a camp that's going from okay to dangerous, then good for you. Um, the methodology still applies. Yeah. You know, so 
this um, pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting is the same, like it needs to be recalibrated in both instances. In the one instance, you're just trying to go from harmless to less harmless, and the one you're going from, uh, in, like I'm in a good space, neutral state, to dangerous. Mm. But how you do that, it's exactly the same process. Yes. You're just coming from a different starting point. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're a, f a business person or whether you're someone at home whose life looks very different to spreadsheets and yeah. Excel documents and, and board meetings. There's an opportunity for you to be dangerous in your space. I mean, you need to be there for somebody. You need to be dangerous for somebody yeah. in your life. Look, we did this thought exercise because as I was writing this, I was um, working with writing coaches. Um, my one writing coach had this doctorate in philosophy, so he really wow. pushed me on the idea. And we said, well, does it like how does it work to say like be dangerous if you're a pastor mm. or be dangerous if you're a teacher or yeah. be dangerous if you're a nurse because it doesn't quite gel like when you hear that right yes. like it doesn't make sense but then we were like well when you put it in the context of dangerous means that you are a threat to the threat well then if you're a teacher are there certain things that are threatening to you being an effective teacher yeah if you are a nurse are there some things that are threatening to you or threatening to your patient that you need to be a threat to the threat, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden it starts making a lot of sense and you realize that every single profession, every single domain of our lives, we need to be dangerous. We need to be a threat to the threat. We love that. Got, it looks like you've got something waiting to come out. No, ons het al gesê, moet nie probeer, dink nie, vraag maar. Ja. Ons het gister uitgevind, Brad leer nog om vrouwens gezichtsuitdrukking te lees. Yes, yes. I've been married for such a long time, I've been married for like 16 years, and you still try to figure these things out. Maar jy weet nou ook klaar, ek het a sick sense, vrouwens, want die praat ek vir oogend oor die olifant. Exactly, like you knew what we were going to talk about. If you're listening this morning, and you want to say you want to get your hands on a copy of this, get ready with your phone, we're going to give you a question in a moment. Ja, net, ek en Bradner vroeger praat en ons sê dat, Ere, kom na atelier toe, toe begin Bradner vir my vertel, hy sê, ja, hy is best dressed. Ja, hy is man, hy is dat dress. Ek is dus, dit sal na die dag wees wat ons casual aangetrek is, nou. So ek het gedink, ek en Brad is in die danger zone, maar ek het toegewonder, en die is Ere Karim ook toe nou, nie, glad nie, maar goed aangetrek, maar gelukkig ook toe nou ook meer casual, nie in a suit nie. Yes, I thought if Ere comes in one of his suits with his maroon shirt button to the top, I'm just, I'm not even going to turn my camera off. Maar ek het een vraag nou, soos, ehm, Jy het nou gepraat ook, en ja, daar is ongelukkige platform vir ammer om die stil te sê wat hulle denk. Jy nie net te sê wat jy denk, maar ook wat jy denk van wat ander mense denk. So, ons moet so eindelijk gaan probeer uitsas baie keer wie sy inlichting ons inneem. Maar Erik, as jy nou soos nou, jy weet, jy werk met groot corporates, daar is baie oor op jou, en as die tijd is vir die verandering om plaas te vind, dan sê ook weer op, maar wat is het wat jy na die tafel toegebring het? Ek wonder net dat ek hier of mens voel jy ooit daai druk en dan is hy nie nog best stressed ook, nou? So there's pressure. Of course. There's definitely a pressure to be accurate and I think these days more so because like in the team space, for example, or the team and leadership space, everyone has an opinion but just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that that's accurate. Doesn't mean that that's going to translate to effective action on the other side of it. And so, um, I think part of what you actually want is to differentiate yourself from everyone who just shares their thoughts mm. by making it a lot more actionable, a lot more research-based. So I spend a lot of my time really uh, thinking deeply about things before I share them instead of just, like, especially if you go into LinkedIn, mm. you know, it feels to me like everyone has this, like, this specific formula they follow and, like, it gets all the attention. Yeah. Um, but it's almost just, it's... Um, 
it's empty air. Like that's what it feels like to me when yeah. I read it. Yeah, empty flow, calories, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it means nothing. It's, a, yeah. it's like I can almost see that you just copy and paste it from someone else's tweet or whatever. So, um, yeah, there's definitely pressure to be um, clear in your communication and to make sure that it's at a higher level and a higher quality than just what everyone is sharing online. Mm. If you like what you've been hearing and you say, I want to get my hands on a book like that called Dangerous. I've got one more question for Eric before he goes. But if you know the name of the book that we're talking about this morning, why don't you send us a WhatsApp? With that, include your name and where you're from. And we can make sure you get one of the two copies that we've got here. 081-7291-657-081. Before we greet you and before we say goodbye to Eric, how's the book doing in terms of sales and all of that? Are you happy with yeah. where it's going? Yeah, super happy. Um, we hit the business bestseller list. Yeah. Um, thank you for <laughs> setting me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> we hit the business bestseller list uh, towards the end of last week on exclusive books. Yeah. So, yeah, no, very, very happy. Yeah, well done. That's mm. all we want to see. I can't believe it's not a but as I the title, every time I read the title of the book, it's dangerous. Then it's a dark that I can't even talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Engineered. Engineered, engineered, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. <laughs> I saw one, we, we plumb out of time. I really wanted oh. to talk still about uh, one of this amazing thing in the book about uh, talking about the Euro's journey. And I had so in my mind when I was reading about that, I was thinking about Daniel in The Karate Kid. And oh, it yeah. plays out so perfectly, you know, from new kid to being bullied to mm. not being able to fight to meeting Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off, and then that <laughs> legendary fight scene at the end. It just so sums up the book Danger so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Euro's journey. Like, just... Yeah. Go and Google it because it's a very interesting thing to see. Mm. Yeah. And then you'll see the hero's journey in every movie that like you ever care about. Yeah, you would, especially if you're like me and you don't mind the oldies with Van Damme and Seagal. You'll see it. It's like the, <laughs> the classic recipe. Eric, thanks for making the trip through. Appreciate Thank it. You. Great Thank having you. you. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.